0: Welcome to this week's On the Spot. I'm Zach Strickland here with John Paul Hampstead, our Director of uh, Passport Research, um, on this Friday. So, JP, we've had a really interesting week in the freight market in terms of, you know, the fact that volumes seem to be pretty sustained, Uh, you know, tender rejections are starting to increase pretty uh, systematically now at this point. We're well over 7%. Uh, We seem to be on that seasonal trajectory to where now we can expect a July the 4th tightening, uh, et cetera. But, you know, what remains in question is, is this sustainable? You know, volumes are still well up year over year. You know, we were having this debate earlier about, is July going to be like the traditional July where we see this softening, et cetera. What do you think about some of that?
1: First, let's just kind of set up like what we see, kind of what, what's going on in the market, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, on a national basis, large asset-based carriers are rejecting contracted truckloads at a rate of about 7.5%, roughly, right. um, which we think is right, kind of where, you know, the inflection point to create inflation in spot markets, kind of broadly speaking. Now, that momentum is being led by um, the West Coast, really. Um, Los Angeles is over 10%. Stockton, I think, is up there above 8%. Um it started, the tightness is, you know, when we talk about LA as kind of being a heartbeat of the freight economy and its, and its connections to other freight hubs are really kind of what, what we keep our eyes on. So Dallas heated up above 7%, looking at um, Atlanta next, Chicago started tightening a little bit, um, Harrisburg, Elizabeth, uh, Miami are all seeing action recently. But, you know, this is pretty tip You know, this feels normal. This feels comfortable. Like, this, this is what June is supposed to do leading up to the holiday when you have a combination of, you know, produce, different kinds of summer retail freight, dry, you know, people taking vacation, drivers, you know, you know maybe, maybe on the road, maybe off the road, um, you know, uh, road check. Is always a thing, you know. At least in prior
0: years, it was. Uh, and we didn't have road check this year, so we didn't have a lot of you know drivers sitting on. on right, the side but the road. I think
1: people kind of more like, you know, they, they sort of plan to be off the sure. road this month. They, they take vacations and things like that. Um, so that's it's hard to it's hard to once we kind of like get into this pattern that feels like normal seasonality, and then the question is okay. Um, given all of the volatility, uh, we've seen this year, given the out of seasonal sort of patterns, both in terms of capacity and volumes that we've seen so far, will this July, is it different this time (laughs) or will it be the kind of the same? And by kind of the same, I mean, um, you know, rapid easing of capacity, soft volumes in, you know, through the month of July before a kind of a
0: August, September recovery. Another push. Yeah, I, I think one of the bigger questions to me is, have shippers pulled in enough freight into the country? Do they have that inventory ready? And a lot of the stats say that, yes, there is plenty of inventory in the United States right now. But is it the right inventory? Um, you know, a lot of these summer, right. you know, orders that they normally place back in March and April. They didn't they didn't order them. They were canceling those sailings, et cetera, where you know, according to Greg Miller, uh, you know, a lot of those sailings are starting to be uncanceled now. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that's got that may- an
1: announcement yesterday on um, <laughs> that there are a bunch of sailings ske- that were scheduled to hit the West Coast at the end of July, got canceled, and now they're back on.
0: Yeah. So that means that you know, this Los Angeles, Southern California hotspot. May continue throughout July, uh, especially as you know some of these sectors are still seeing short uh, shortages of uh, supply uh, for a lot of their goods. You know, especially on the retail sector, the retail sector is coming back like a V-shaped recovery. The industrial sector, not so much just yet. Um, it's going to take a little bit uh, of time, I think, for that one to turn back on. I had a really good
1: conversation with um, this company called Port X Logistics. That's r- really interesting, actually, and they kind of do. Um, Drayage, transloading, and expedited truckload. Um, and so they have their own, some of their own trucks, they have a brokerage, they, they, they broker drayage, but they also have transloading facilities that so they control. And, and, um, and, and they've been kind of saying that there are a lot of shippers that have been trying to make up for lost time to the current, you know, time they lost right. to the coronavirus, who maybe instead of putting um, boxes on intermodal trains, are actually looking for team capacity to get it into the middle of the country as quickly as possible. So that kind of makes me think that there are at least some... I mean, this is a fairly small company. It's I think that in their brokerage, in their kind of logistics services division, they've got 50 people. They've got about 90 trucks and another 10 owner-ops in kind of the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The, you know he talks to a lot of customers and they're they're growing and so they're they're constantly pitching and asking people what they see and the, and the, I just thought that was interesting because that suggests that at least for some verticals, um, the pressure is still on to get goods in the country, which
0: um, you know, is obviously positive for transportation prices. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously some of those sectors have been really overheated. The home improvement sector continues to be a strong spot, uh, as well as food and beverage. Uh, Both are moderating somewhat. I think the food and beverage has moderated quite a bit. The home improvement is still relatively elevated according to some of the credit card data that you and your team have uh, been looking at. Um, you know, I think these sectors continue to be, you know, a pretty hot spot. My only concern uh, in July is the fact that a lot of these orders that were canceled may translate to softer shipments without having the uh, supply of goods available uh, for some of this. But I do think that we'll see a, still a positive year over year in July, uh, but with the similar seasonal deceleration off of June. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sense. So, So soft July, like
1: normal, maybe not as bad as 2019 which was you know, really low, on, honestly, um, in terms of spot activity. It was just dead, right? Um, okay. And, and so what, what, what should we look for in the next couple weeks? Is it, I mean, is there anything, to, to me, what's so hard about this period is that there's no real sign or warning or leading indicator of what uh, July might look like. Until because it's almost like the freight market kind of breaks after the holiday, right? Right. So it's like you're you're pre-holiday, and then it's sort of there's like a singularity, and then it's like everything that's after the holiday.
0: Like, what does that look like? It's really hard to see through the holiday. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, something that I'm, I'm looking at, too, is, you know, business reopenings. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to gradually, and it's a very, you know, slow ramp-up process and a lot of those reopenings, it's it's more like the curve that I thought that would happen uh, when I was debating Craig Fuller back in May. Uh, it looks very similar to the pattern that I saw. Now, the freight volumes did one of these, but the business reopenings are much more mild, and I think that that's going to contribute to keeping the market a little bit more elevated as this activity continues to increase slowly. Yeah, we mentioned Dallas earlier, but um, Houston. You
1: know, if I think about like places that have sort of aggressively reopened, Texas is one of the, one of those places. Right. Houston is also has uh, tenor rejections above seven percent, which is Dallas
0: and Houston both this week. Uh, you know, had a huge uh, expansion of tender rejection rates. Uh, the middle of the country in general this week really woke up. Uh, Kansas City, Dallas, Houston, all had you know this big awakening event. <laughs> you know, as the it's almost like the tightness has transitioned to the middle of the country. Now we were discussing this a little bit on freight forecasting yesterday with Mike Vincent and Kyle Littner mm-hmm. uh, about how you know these spots of the country kind of you know you don't maybe you don't have any activity in Los Angeles, uh, but your capacity is impacted in Dallas or Atlanta or some other part of the country. And I think that's what we're starting to see now is that a lot of carriers are starting to, you know, dive, you know, really take acceptances out west yeah. instead of in the middle of the country.
1: Yeah, um, I talked to a broker who said the same thing because we he was kind of wondering, it looks like a lot of the spot rates out of L.A. are starting to moderate and come off their peak. Um, mm-hmm. whether And then whether that's to... You know Denver or Dallas or Salt Lake City or Las Vegas—they're all kind of curving back down, mm-hmm. even as tender rejections went up. And one broker I was talking to said that yeah, um, a lot of your um, small carriers that kind of represent that um, over-the-road spot capacity had been avoiding LA for months when it was super soft and dead. They've returned. Um, you know the the, large, the larger asset-based carriers that that are rejecting freight are still rejecting freight. But um, it, the spot market has gotten a little bit looser just because of the return of that the capacity. So so that's obviously... Basically, the word is out. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it, the word is out. Um, capacity is, is, has gone back to the ports as, as imports have recovered, um, at least to a large degree on the West Coast. But because there's a finite amount of capacity that has the potential to create gaps and holes right, kind of in other places in the country, and it sounds like... Sounds like Texas is uh, is tightening up a little bit, um, you know, which is which is fascinating because you, you always, I mean, with with Houston and the way that the energy the industry is, is gone, yeah. <laughs> you know, you you always wonder like, and it, again, this is, you know, not not necessarily uh, reflective of the flatbed right demand or, or anything like that, but um, it's good to see a large important market doing well even when an industry that's so closely associated
0: with it is obviously not doing well. Yeah, and Houston, of course, is a much shorter-haul regional market. You don't see a lot of freight leaving Houston going long distances. However, we have started to see, you know, looking at our... Outbound tender volumes, long haul, tweener, et cetera, anything moving over 450 miles has had a rapid expansion out of Houston here in the last, uh, you know, week or so. Is that so. connected
1: to the port?
0: It could be indicative of you know the port capacity. Uh, you know, we've seen a huge expansion of rates into the West Coast from China. Yeah. Um, you know, on the spot market there for 40 foot containers, a lot of that pressure has not translated to the East Coast simply because. You know, a lot of that Chinese freight is just they're just trying to pull it in as fast as they can. Yeah, that's that's what <laughs> we think.
1: And so we measure this thing called the Panama spread, which mm-hmm. basically it takes your uh, spot rates for 40 foot containers from China uh, you know, to the East Coast or to the West Coast and to the East Coast. It adds the intermodal leg from L.A. to Chicago to the West Coast rate and from Savannah to Chicago to the East Coast rate to kind of see, you know, maybe from a shipper's perspective, which route is actually cheaper, right? And normally, the West Coast is much cheaper. I mean, you've got you've got canal fees, you've got, um,
0: you know, just um, it, it takes a lot longer. Uh, so the... They, if service t- isn't of the essence, you right. typically go to the West Coast, or you typically, you can go through the canal, go to the East Coast, go through the Suez on the other side of the country, et cetera. Yeah,
1: and so... Um, Normally, normally the West Coast is much cheaper. Right now, it's a lot more expensive. It's like $1,300 more expensive. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because we're like, what can possibly be sustaining that gap? Why are they shipping to the East Coast? It's because of the time sensitivity of a lot mm-hmm. of the freight that's coming in, because service matters. And again,
0: airline capacity dramatically reduced. Uh, you know, right. so that service has not been available to a lot of shippers out there, especially as they're trying to right. re, uh, you know, supply their inventory. So, so, we, so you're
1: and you're looking at um, a lot of the lines are starting these like quote unquote fast boat services, mm-hmm. They're kind of um, exploiting the low fuel prices to run, you know, fairly small ships. We're talking five thousand, eight thousand TEU ships mm-hmm. from China to the West Coast in twelve days. Right. Um, and we're seeing a little bit of that, and that's that's they're trying to use that to compete against some of the air capacity that's been really challenged because it's taking literally forever to secure. I mean, I I saw something, I think it was Flexport was talking about, um, no, no, it was actually C.H. Robinson Mm -hmm. recently talking about how it's taken 8 to 14 days to move stuff from Asia to the U.S. by air. Right.
0: Um, just because of the lack of capacity and the lack of, yeah, they, they can't get the cut time. So we've got about a minute left here. So let's talk about the next week real quick. So we've got, you know, we're going into traditional peak, summer peak season right. coming up here. All the signs point to, you know, tender rejection rates going up. Uh, they, they've found their inflection point. Volumes are up a little bit and they're gradually increasing. Do you think that we are seeing, you know, we're going to see the peak here in the next week? As traditional. Yeah,
1: I do. I, I, I do think um, that markets will take a breather after July, and I think that the depth of that of that post-holiday trough is going to tell us a lot about how fall is set up. It's going to tell us, you know, whether there's still ample capacity in the market or whether a lot more capacity has evaporated than some people might have thought.
0: Yeah, I I think that's fair. You know, obviously, we've got a volatile ride, and time will tell. But, uh, you know, thanks so much, JP, uh, for coming out this week and uh, talking with me. Uh, And thank you for watching. Uh, Be sure to check out FreightWaves.com for any future freight market information, as well as all of our streaming uh, available on services such as Apple TV. Everybody have a great week.